Thanks for calling Farmers. This is Josh. Can I help you? I speak to Alan, please. Can I tell him who's calling or try to help you myself? Yeah, just let him know that uh, Joey Jingola called. Okay. Are you a business acquaintance? Yeah, yeah, we know each other. I'm a fellow insurance agent. Okay. And what was your last name? Jingola. G-I-A-N-G-O-L-A. Got it. Okay. And you're probably just wanting to visit and collaborate, aren't you? I'd, yeah, he was. He reached out. He had a couple questions for me, and I was just giving him a buzz to kind of touch base. Okay. Real quick. Now we're at the root of the conversation. Did I do good, though? I, I'll transfer you over to him, but did I do good trying oh, to get good oh, info from you? Oh, yeah, I think so. You're, so is this like a test? Like, uh, just, no. No. I just try to make sure he, he needs to talk to you before I, I sure. like to try to get, get to the root. But, yeah, he'll definitely want to talk to you, Joey. Hang on one second. Not a problem. Thanks, man. You bet. This is Alan. Alan, this is Joey Jingola. Hey, dude. Man, yeah, uh, Josh was telling me, hey, man, it's Joey Jingola. I was like, really? It's like, he's like, yeah. He said, I've been grilling him, and he said, seems like a good good guy. I was like, yeah, he is. He does a podcast. I've listened to him for a couple of years. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. I know that I know you you do. I've heard that many, 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 many times. That put the state that you're in in the subject. I hate saying it, but it works. That's my good buddy, Alan Drew of Alan Drew Insurance in Edmond, Oklahoma, and. He's talking about, again, this is a subtle continuation of the previous episode that he was on, the first episode that Alan appeared on, uh, something, what is your agency missing, or something like that, talking about headlines and titles on the content that he is creating, and whether or not you should or should not include the state. And we're going to get into that and why I kind of hesitate sometimes to give that advice, but I do think it's an important advice, but I, I have to say really quickly, I don't do this very often, but I feel every hundred or so episodes of the show, it's, I guess we can, but a big episode today, episode 300 of the show, uh, of, of kind of like forever. This goes, you know, back, this predates, you know, again, Agency Nation, so we're saying, Joy, there's only, you know, 170 or something of these. What are you talking about? Obviously there was um, basically half of the archives of the show exist elsewhere on the internet. I'm sure you can find them. Uh, but anyways, it just, uh, it's always fun to just kind of take, uh, take a moment and think, wow, that's a lot. What have I been doing with my life? It's been a great time. Talked to a lot of amazing agents. I really appreciate everybody that puts up with my, um, random phone calls. Uh, I can't, I can't really fully express, uh, how much that means and just the, um, level of absurdity or just kind of arrogance on my part to demand, you know, an hour or so just randomly from somebody to, to have these conversations to allow this podcast to exist. So I uh, just really quick, just had to get that out there. I uh, appreciate everybody that has been on the show dating all the way back to my very first guest, uh, Tracy Cotton, the original 
very first episode number one. I can't remember the name. Are you flipping the insurance magic switch? That's not that's not great English. I can't remember exactly, but Tracy Cotton, very first guest of the show. So very, very good stuff. Anyways, back to our originally scheduled programming, talking about titles and whether or not you should include the state. Alan said he's heard me say it a lot of times. And yes, I, I, the reason I give this advice and when I say it can't hurt is because I've only seen it have a negative impact when it's not, not there. Negative being that it generally has the ability to, if it is not in there, put a whole bunch of business on your plate or prospects or leads or whatever on your plate that you can't do anything with. You can't help them. You cannot do a single thing because they are elsewhere in the country that you may or may not be capable of handling. You may not be licensed. And and depending on the size of policies that you're focusing on really determines whether or not you're capable of, of writing them. And so, you know, if, if you're dealing with, you know, just the standard personal lines policy, if you're if you're getting, you know, five in Texas, four in Florida, you know, two in, you know, Connecticut, if there's no real big concentration of where these people are finding you from and they're, you know, relatively speaking, small policies, it's, you know, it's sometimes a tough decision to say, well, I'm going to go get licensed in those other states. There's generally needs to be a higher volume that doesn't necessarily happen when something catches or ranks on a national level. And it's, and it's just much harder it's just much harder to rank nationally for things. And, and people want to say that, you know, Google's gotten great. It's going to show you as the local expert. I just personally have not seen that happen outside of people generally Googling insurance agent Edmond, Oklahoma, right? So that's going to come up. You're just, your, your main homepage is going to come up. They're going to find your agency just for that general search, but for very specific, you know, value-driven, informational-driven content, always including, again, Oklahoma in that mix, it always just helps because, you know, if you're if you're being very vague and you're not being very specific, they don't know what to do. Yeah, it, I basically dispelled the myth that having good limits of liability is is expensive. Yeah, you know, I kind of okay. dispel yep. that. Hey, and because like when I posted it to Facebook, um, it's essentially let's see, what's my line? It says uh, more is less. Minimum car insurance, more is less, and what it, it's sort of that play. Well, Alan, you just said a much better headline or title right there than what you actually were kind of talking about. So that was Alan saying, you know, we're taking an example of a video title that I saw that I think he had said at the end there was the title was uh, more is less, you know, minimum car insurance, more is less or something like that. But he said, you know, at the very beginning of this clip, you know, I'm trying to dispel the myth that, you know, it's minimum you know, not ca- carrying anything else other than minimum car insurance is not that expensive. Like just saying, listen, it's not, a, it's not but a couple extra bucks to, to actually have a decent policy in place that makes you a responsible human being. And again, that's the, that's a much better headline. You know, the myth of carrying minimum, you know, car insurance in Oklahoma. I mean, it's not perfect and it might not work, but it's certainly better than, again, what Alan was having, because we, we do, we, there's this, I don't I want to say an epidemic, but I've seen it pretty frequently of these very three word, four word titles that it's just not enough to click on. The, you have to think of the attention that you're competing with and, and where the title's being displayed, who's looking at it, what's going through their head at the moment. Are they, are, are you, I mean, one, they're, your goal is for them to find it at the, you know, the most immediate, most impactful time that they, you know, are looking for it. But if it's more of a passive, like I need this to scroll past them again, then it's a little more, it's a little more flashy. It's a little more attention grabbing you. You're, you're swinging for the fences a little bit. Um, so just thinking about that mindset, but again, 
I, I generally find it, this is a very general statement across the board. I find that you're going to want to go back and add at least a few more words. Uh, the perfect length, at least according to one of my favorite tools, CoSchedule's uh, headline analyzer. Uh, it's just CoSchedule.com. Uh, and I think it's like right there, their headline analyzer. If you Google CoSchedule um, headline analyzer, you'll find it. But, um, you know, six words-ish, give or take. You know, six to eight words is really the sweet spot for what people are actually going to be able to read and comprehend. Uh, and there's there's mixing and matching that can be done there. But um, at least a minimum of six words, uh, maximizing, you know, just the different um just the different words, they break it down. They break it down really well. They talk about power words, emotional words. Uh, so you're going to want a nice mix and match. And then you're also going to want your keywords that you want people to find. But you just don't want more is less minimum car insurance. Um, more is less minimum car insurance. I guess that's six. Well, uh, so I uh, um, All right, fine. Bad example. But I feel like it could be reworked a little bit again, to be a little more descriptive about why, you know, more is less or the, or again, I like the myth of minimum car insurance in Oklahoma. And, and I do think we can get a little bit longer tail because at least from what I'm suggesting here is that, um, and this, this is why I've, I find it again, depending on, on the type of headline you're writing, if, if it's more of a, again, podcast headline, I think that's more attention grabbing. You need to stand out in that feed as they're scrolling and you want to be very short, very concise. You want them to see as many words as possible where when they're searching, um, they're, they're more in it for the long haul, right? They're looking for a deep dive potentially on the subject. So they're willing to read a few extra words in, in this case and really see if this is going to be something that speaks to them. So just something to keep in mind. There's again, there's plenty of different ways to do it, but just adding that extra word or two or that location is going to go a long way to giving somebody a better idea of if it's worth clicking on. But now the question is, you know, we're talking about a video, but if you write a blog article, should they be the same? Okay. Uh, and here's where I'm, I may be, you know, in the weeds where it shouldn't be. Does it matter from a search standpoint or just from a, a whatever that uh, my blog post be you know named as far as that keyword phrase and, and that's where some, I'm, I'm just smart enough to know some of the places but dumb enough to not really know where I'm at so like uh, you know my keyword phrase or my my uh, blog title as it appears is it important that they are verbatim well that's a good question, Alan. And here's the th important might be just a little heavy handed. I don't know that we need to say that it's like vital to the overall success. Here's the thought process. If you've got a headline and again, if you're going for the like home run, this is guaranteed to at least make a little bit of noise content, meaning stuff like the best of everything you need to know about X type of insurance in specific location, then yeah, there's not too many variations that you're going to really want to mess with. So keeping them pretty close, if not identical to each other is not a terrible idea. And and something you should consider. Again, testing to your own specific environment is always welcome. So I'm never going to say, don't give it a shot. If you find that, well, hey, you know, maybe this slight variation performs better on YouTube and this slight variation performs better on your actual website and the blog article, go for it. I've always personally just double dipped and, and did the exact same thing in both areas, basically because you're looking for, uh, again, we're, we're, we're thinking about competing in the search real estate at this point in, in the game. And, um, 
you know, letting somebody know that searching, if you can get the article and the video to also rank simultaneously, occupying not one but two slots in that search, um, then that's going to catch their attention when they see it twice and they're going to see, oh, it's the same person. Oh, but I've got an article and a video. Boy, this person really wants me to know this information. They really want to help me out because they provided it to me in two different formats and I have a choice now. I don't have to learn the way that somebody's going to dictate to me. I can take my pick. So that's really more of a psychological user experience, you know, winning the click mentality, I guess, is the way that I've always looked at it. And I don't see the harm in it. I don't think, I mean, there's certainly, I don't think there's any technical, like, disadvantage SEO wise. Uh, again, I don't claim to be an SEO expert or anything. There's far uh, more knowledgeable experts on the subject, but just from what I have seen personally work for me and for others is, um, again, putting out content in different formats to give yourself more chances, whether it's a straight organic search to your website, or if it's getting found on YouTube, giving yourself more chances in different areas to again, have people become aware of who you are and what you do, your agency, right? And um, again, coming up with those big time pieces of content that are really deep dives into the type of business you're looking to sell to somebody uh, and, and including the location so they know that, hey, this isn't just everything I need to know about XYZ insurance you know, in Japan, terrible example, but it is very close to home. And Going as, I guess before, I don't know that this is really a question, but going as far as like to the city level, that's really tough because unless it's like a big major city or if it's like a big state, that's about as far as I would go. So like take California, for example, I would go Northern California versus maybe California or Southern California as that is a clear distinction. It's a big, big sort of area. Uh, you know, if you get into like Texas or you're, you're dealing with like Dallas or um, Houston or, you know, maybe even Austin, I don't know. Like if, if the city is big enough, maybe give it a shot. But again, the city has to be pretty darn big and you've got to be pretty focused because otherwise you might get too focused to where, yeah, it's going to, it's going to do its job, but you're only getting a handful of leads a year, which isn't bad. Again, a handful of leads over the course of a couple years, if they're decent size accounts on a piece of content that it took you maybe a half a day, maybe a full day to create, that's a pretty solid return on the investment. And that's why I can't stress it enough. Uh, if it works and, it, and you sell a policy, then it's all it's all worth it. It's just continual prospecting that you only had to do once. So um, play with it. Uh, be specific. Include the state if if you really want to ensure that you're not going to write business or get you know leads from places that you can't write business in. If you're if you're somebody and a lot I know a lot of you are focused on you know just not only even just your state but your specific city or town. And, and you don't want to open yourself up to, again, having something that uh, you really can't do a whole lot with. And, and that's, that's the worst. There's nothing worse. That's a terrible marketing job. I've had a couple of those happen myself. I, I use them as examples whenever I give presentations. Like this, like this is flashy. This is you know, interesting. It's got a ton of views, but uh, you know, it's generated zero business. And it's bad marketing out of your part because you weren't specific enough. And then sometimes you just need to decide, well, do you have enough opportunities with what you're getting from being as specific as you have been, and is it and is it all worth it? So there is no right or wrong answer. It's just up to you to decide how much of your marketing soul you want to be destroyed by when these leads start coming in, or how excited you want to be because they're so specifically tailored and targeted to the type of people you really want to get on the books.
Do you have a dish that you just, for whatever reason, refuse to teach yourself how to make at home and you just save it as an extra special treat when you're out and you see it on a menu, it just really gives you a little extra, a little pep in your step because this item is now available to you to be brought back into your life, maybe for the first time, maybe, you know, once again. And for me, I don't know why this makes no sense, it's Brussels sprouts. Just because I mainly dismiss Brussels sprouts for a majority of my life, but I enjoy a good charred Brussels sprout, and it's not fancy. I didn't say there was any sort of class level here involved, but just the idea that saving something for those extra special moments of unexpectedness, I think it's fun. It's just a little surprise. It's a game I sometimes like to play thinking, where can I get Brussels sprouts? Sometimes they show up unexpectedly. Like I think at the Denver airport, there's just bam, Brussels sprouts right by my gate. And I was like, I'm doing it. Cause I need some Brussels sprouts. It wasn't bad actually, it wasn't half bad for airport Brussels sprouts. But what is yours? Charlieagencynation.com. What is that one dish that you just, for whatever reason, uh, you refuse to teach yourself how to cook, regardless of the skill level. And to be honest, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've, I've broken down the last couple, at least week and a half, two weeks, and I've, I've just said I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna cook some Brussels sprouts at home because I need it, and I feel like it's a good, good situation to have. So I need a new dish. So that's why I'm asking, basically, is I need a new dish to um, just kind of save for for being out in the wild. JoyDangerousNation.com. Let me know yours. Maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I'll adopt it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I would just like the information. You know mine. I should know yours, I think. That's only fair. And speaking of, I don't really know, not saving, there's there's no way to go into it. Let's just say agencynation.com slash newsletter. Come jump on. Get where all of the good stuff happens. We're the most extra special. Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, spend Sunday morning with me. Spend Wednesdays with Sydney. And uh, yeah, if you want to know the things that are happening first, that's where they're generally discussed. So head on over agencynation.com slash newsletter to get on the list and interact with us, have a good time, and we can continue this in other formats. And if we have never interacted before, if we've never spoken, it'd be fun. It would be a really good time to just not be weird, not be like a creepy stalker, uh, just lurking, lurking in the, you know, the podcast shadows. I'll be honest, it's just a little weird. So agencynation.com slash newsletter.